The following episode contains details and conversations that may cause distress for some listeners. Topics covered include alcohol addiction, child sexual abuse, and reference to Aboriginal disenfranchisement. If that's not your cup of tea, maybe skip today's episode and drop back in next week for a more uplifting story. SOFRO Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we record, the Wajak Noongar, paying respect to Elders past, present and future. Peter, welcome to the podcast. What year are we discussing for you? Oh, Amanda, 1962. Very early. I think you're the yeah. uh, the earliest you we've had yet. Really? Where were you? Common. A focal of our life at that time was the Teddy. Okay. All right. Well, then, for those that aren't Perth-based listeners, of which we have many, mm. where is Como situated within Perth and why did it have a jetty? Look, so it's about two miles. Como, we lived about two miles from the city. Mm-hmm. Well, one straight road south of Perth, and it was along the river. Mm-hmm. Probably had a jetty there from when my grandfather was a child. He grew up there. The jetty was there then, and I think it was built for ferries and day trippers and a swimming club in the river. So there was a big pool mm-hmm. at the end of the jetty. Oh, right. enclosure for the jellyfish. It didn't work very well, but and it also kept the waves down a bit on. So describe this swimming pool at the end of the jetty for us. Look, it was just um, wooden planks, yeah. pylons, um, and a fence at the bottom to slow the waves down. Right. Didn't, and 100 kids would go and play there every day after school. Must have been quite big then. Yeah, it was, it was 55 yards long. Right. And, and, 100, and no lifeguards, no, no floaties, no, no nothing, but no one drowned. But you still had accidents. I mean, I dived off the ladders and slipped, yeah. smashed into the land and fell into the water. And I was stunned. I couldn't move and I was drowning. Good Lord. And I remember this and people you know, people thought I was just playing. And a young bloke I'd been teaching to swim, who was a migrant, Richard Gabunya, yeah. jumped in and grabbed me by the hair. Let's say, because I was going down for the third time. I was sort of conscious, but I was stunned. I couldn't yeah. move. So then I, and I've been rubbing up and down against the barnacles. So you get up and shake yourself and walk home covered in blood and go to bed. And mum comes home from the shopping and goes, ah. Okay. So tell us more about school life in 1962 because it's quite Mm, different. We wore football shorts and singlets to school. Yeah. T shirts weren't invented yet. We usually went barefooted everywhere, including school. Oh, yeah. Can we call standing for assembly? And we're standing in the melting bitumen and the headmaster saying, well, you know, get over it. You come barefooted, you're going to stand in the melting bitumen. (laughs) Toughen up. Yeah. Yeah. Different era, isn't it? I think our teachers were all traumatised by World War II. Yes, I imagine. Post-traumatic stress. But because of some of their behaviours. Can you describe some of their behaviours? Because that's a a world away for the rest of us. Our teachers beating the children with mm. sticks, girls and boys, yeah. dropping their pants and whacking them on the bottom, mm. on the hands, pulling out teeth, 
pulling <laughs> out teeth. You're getting the kids to hold some of the pulled out a tooth. Oh, a wobbly yeah. tooth? Not for punishment, just for fun. No, no, just for it was loose. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not not putting, not for torture. No, but you can imagine that one of the teachers. It got so bad, he kicked a dog in the playground because there are often animals around. Right. And so he lost his job for kicking the dog, not for hitting the kids. How extraordinary. Mm. <laughs> so it was sport, sport, more sport. Right. Sitting in class, dam, and sport, waiting to get out of class to go to the beach. And what kinds of sport? Football. So I played football during the week and on weekends. Mm-hmm. Or cricket, running. Swimming, swimming training, tennis on Sundays. Yeah, it was just sport. That's what I recall. What did you do in school? I mean, obviously sport. You had lessons in between sport. Was mm. it? Um, was this back in the days of the three hours? Pretty much, yeah. Mm. And really bad songs, and really bad, really bad songs. Bad songs where we women are fat, right? My girls are Caucasian, they're New Yorker. I buy her. And Aboriginals were owned. There was a Rolf Harris song, Time a Kangaroo Down Sport, and he sings, Let Me Abos Go Loose, Bruce, because we were taught that Abos were property. Well, they were. um, They were. They had stations or the church. The church, we went to Sunday school, give money for the poor little Aboriginal kids so we, the church, can look after them because no one else would. And they, this is before they even had the right to vote. No rights. No, they weren't counted in the census. Mm. No right. They weren't allowed in town unless they had a certificate saying they were a citizen. I've seen images of their certificates. I have friends who had to carry them. Yeah. Yeah. So can you sing us a song that you were talking about? No, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> Though I'm really, when I look back on it, misogyny was, we were taught misogyny. Mm. We were taught racism. Mm. We were taught okay by family members to call people, wogs and mm. all the other words, because all these men had come back from the war and they'd come back with guns Yeah, and they were pissed off. They were pissed off with the British system, et cetera, et cetera. So I had mates whose parents, whose fathers, never came out of the back shed. No. They were no, just hid. Right, because they, oh. they'd had no... Well, I assume they had PTSD. I assume. We didn't know anything like that then. We just knew... Their fathers had come home, they'd mm. been born. Yeah. And now the fathers were in deep hiding. Yeah. And we weren't allowed to see them, talk to them, make noise. Mm. There were houses where if we went there, we had to be mice. Yeah. There were houses where there was one house where the mum would pull out a knife and threaten the kids weren't allowed to have a good time or go out. Mm. There were strange things. Do you know your friends? Fathers, I'm assuming it was the men we're talking about here. Maybe there were a few nurses in there as well. Yeah. Were, were they veterans of Kokoda or had they been in Europe? We never knew. We never knew. People didn't talk about it. Yeah. There was there was references to it in our cartoons, yeah. our comic books. Yeah. Um, there were references in all of our reading. Boys Army we were going off to fight the Germans yeah. and the Japanese. Yeah. And then we had to worry about an atomic bomb going off any minute because mm-hmm. we were it was going to happen any, any well, minute well wasn't now. 1962 was the year of the cuban missile crisis yes yeah so we sort of saw bits of it on the mm-hmm. but it didn't happen for us we'd gone out and watched the first satellites go over and now there were 
dogs floating around up there and we didn't know what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's making some sense now as if that was what being at home was like and it, and you were just treading on eggshells. Yeah. I can really understand why the kids just en masse just went swimming. Well, everybody was drunk. All the adults were drunk at night time. Mm. All the time alcohol was a really big. All of our friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we went swimming and then we hid out at night. We had, we ate well. Yeah. Um, and then we had to go to bed and lie there till the morning. Yeah. So what did you eat? Uh, meat and veg, usually potato, all the British stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was a really big deal. I think at 11, my mum did two amazing things. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to drive. She wasn't allowed to have a credit card. She wasn't allowed to have her own bank account. She wasn't a whole lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. But she went and bought a pair of slacks, pants. That was like in the neighbourhood in Cobo, in, in our little couple of streets with her tennis lady friends, this was a really big deal. We had these bright Scottish Czech slacks and she went to Chinese cooking classes. Oh. Yes, and bought her. <laughs> so that was it. And we all sat around and ate this new food we'd never eaten before. And was was it a taste bud sensation or were you like, don't ever feed me that again? Yeah, well, we weren't allowed to say that because we're under control. <laughs> you no, you were never allowed to talk back. Mm, no. Good point. But you tried this food. <laughs> what was your reaction? You can mm. tell us now. Yeah, look, I can still see it. <laughs> oh, well, please describe it. Well, it'd be, I think it would be like eating fish heads with condensed milk. Yeah, imagine that. That's what it'd be like for, for the first time. That's what it was like. Was that exotic to you? Obviously, it wasn't fish heads with condensed milk, but that's no, what but it, it felt like, to you. Yeah. After all these years of. 11 years of um, meat and two veg. I mean, you know, we used to go to swimming training early in the morning and have to run past Burnett's Bakery because it was horse-drawn baker's vans Mm -hmm. and horse-drawn milk carts. Mm -hmm. And we'd run into the bakery and they'd give us bread and we'd have freshly cooked bread. That was good. And we'd go to the fish and chip shop down in Coma, Mary Street, and he would give us all the residual greasy leftover bits. Mm. Yeah, that was good. But this fried rice, no. Just too much. Too much. Too exotic. Yep. Unheard of. (laughs) She persevered. And and did you grow to enjoy it? Yes. We never saw movies, not much either. Mm. Well, there's a wonderful cinema in um, in Coma. Yeah, but it was an outdoor cinema there. Next oh. door, so there was the inside one. Yeah. And the outdoor one with deck chairs, clouds of smoke would come up past the projector. And <laughs> <laughs> But did you ever go? Do you remember going to that cinema? Yeah, because it was, as an 11-year-old, it would have been the time of Cliff Richard and yeah. Pat Boone and <gasps> pretty awful. I mean, the music, we weren't allowed to listen to much music. We didn't, just didn't get, transistors weren't sort of yeah. a common the Chinese hadn't started producing all this yeah. stuff yet. It sounds like you had a very silent childhood. Yeah. We did lots of singing. Yeah. <laughs> the songs you wouldn't sing now. Yeah. And lots of playing. Mm. That's that's my main memory. And I did lots of reading. Hot summers, no air conditioning. You didn't have air conditioning there. 
there will be hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of families yeah. sitting down on the beach in the cool in the evening mm. with some of them out there with prawning nets or yeah. whatever, catching crabs or prawns and little campfires on yeah. the beach right up and down or swimming, you know, or whatever. Um, I remember people actually lived along there and camped during the Depression, a whole lot of families yeah. down there Aquinas there, a couple of hundred people living in the yeah. river. Um, that's all just gone. Yeah. It's just gone. A couple of isolated spots. Yeah. The jetties deteriorated. I guess it was a very good life, wasn't it? We walked everywhere. We ran everywhere. We weren't allowed to have bikes at that age. Can you describe what Perth looked like or Como looked like in 1962? Mm, slow. Everything was slow. They were still, I think they were still building the freeway and they built those bridges, those overpasses, yeah. but without the railings on them. Right. So we could get up there and it was sort of death defying to then drop sand bombs on the cars underneath. <gasps> That's yes, really naughty. It was. It was a really bad thing to do. Yeah. But it was sort of shorter than we used to go up to Cannon Bridge and do it off the bridge on the boats. But you know, <laughs> now we could do it on the cars because <laughs> we were boys. Yeah. You, you mentioned before the freeway. Yes. Can you describe the, that area of Como before the freeway was built? Because for mm. anyone post-freeway, that's just a really busy thoroughfare. It's beautiful, yeah. but it's a busy thoroughfare. Obviously, it was a very different world for you if that freeway didn't exist. Yeah. So look, before then, there was big areas of grass, mm. lots of trees shade and beach the beaches were much more extensive now they're rock halls there's no beaches there at mm. all virtually yeah. but there were lots of beaches there when we were kids mm-hmm. and hot summer nights everybody from Como South Perth would probably be down at the river um, there weren't any mozzies because planes used to fly over and spray DDT oh my god crop dusters and so that got rid of the mozzies and so people could sit out there and light little fires and mm. Families would be out prawning with nets, you know, and um, fishing or swimming. Those long, hot summer nights, there was no yeah. air conditioning at home. Yeah, so the everyone were not out. built for the heat. Yeah. They were brick and tiled. They just weren't built for hot weather. Yeah, so the river was a real focus, and the, and the jetty in itself was a centre point of that. So, and you, you mentioned the jetty was there for ferries. Yeah, so, so I read an account of my grandfather diving and catching crabs with his hands and selling them to the tourists, the day trippers on weekends. Huh. When they you know, the ferries would call in. Yeah. So going up. So they were the tourist ferries. Mm. Commuter ferries, not commercial goods ferries. I don't think so. They've tried different ferries at different times yeah. over the years. As far down as Fremantle, mm-hmm. up to Perth. They had those hydrofoils for a while and mm-hmm. but none of it's ever really worked. People are married to motor cars. Yeah. 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 Did you have a car when you were, did your family have a car at that age? Yep, would have been a Holden. Of course, <laughs> it's always Holden or Ford, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, once it was, once they came up. Before that, I think it was a DeSoto, but once Holdens were made. Was it the classic old, I'm, I'm picturing one from the 70s. What did Holdens look so like? So there was the FX the and then the FJ. Ah, yes. And then the EH. Yes. Sorry, the EJ and the EH. Yeah. Collector's series, items, yeah. And then yeah. there was F. Yeah, and they were, gee, they crashed easily. Oh, did they? Yeah. And the boys used to go around stealing the badges off the back of the 
cars mm. and put on their belt buckles. And, you know, at 11, I can recall this, the police had Hardy-Davidson. If there were more than three of you gathered, it was against the law. So what? the police would ride their motorbikes. So us kids would be standing on the corner talking and the policeman would get onto the, I can recall them riding onto the footpath and riding through us so we would disperse. Down at Comans Eddie on the... <laughs> I don't know what they were. I mean, we had no idea what they were on about, but we knew we weren't allowed to be in gangs. Of three. More than three. More than three. Still. Yeah. But we were 11, you know, <laughs> walking down Labashi Road in Como, hitchhiking down yeah. with a mate, wearing our bathers, racing bathers back then, yeah. you know, little yeah. budgie smugglers, yeah. and then swimming across the river at Main Street yeah. to Perth and then walking around the city in our bathers because yeah. it was okay. And we did get a lift. The Premier, David Brand, picked us up. He was a neighbour. Picked us up and gave us a lift and dropped us off down Main Street. David Brand had a fair lane, a big Ford. <laughs> I knew who he was because he was a neighbour, but yeah. my mate was up in town for country with cricket. He didn't know who he was. So I said, yeah. oh, this is a flash car. <laughs> you must be a travelling salesman, are you? <laughs> and, and David Brand said, yes, yeah, sort of. <laughs> Oh, and Robert Menzies and David Brand stopped on our porch because they were going for a walk around the block. He lived around the corner, and Robert Menzies was in Perth. And anyway, it starts to rain, so they dropped on the porch. Room. Can we just stand on the porch? Room? Yeah. <laughs> so you and knew who he was. Yeah, I knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah. There were only 10 people in Australia back then. Yeah. Look, it really was like it was yeah. a petri dish of yeah. relationships. Yeah. Back then it was a culture of yeah. alcohol, bottles, parties. You know, as a kid you'd go to these parties mm. and the, everybody would sing and the instruments would be all made of broomsticks and saws and supple boards and wash washboards and things like that. Yeah. So that was percussion section with Uncle Ernie or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and you're all singing the songs you're not allowed to say. Well, we were. As little boys, we were sort of children. We, yeah. we just watched the adults drunk. And then, of course, get in the car and drive home drunk. Yeah, with That's no seatbelts back then. Seat no, I used to lie up on the back shelf of the ute. Yep. You know, behind my parents because that's where they could fit me because they had three other kids in the front with them as well. I lost my virginity that year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there you go. So we'd go away to Bunbury for holidays, stay with my grandparents, and an older cousin is, comes to stay because she's going to be in a beauty contest. So the parents are going out drinking every night so they get her to babysit. Mm. And I learned about sex from her. <laughs> wow. She was, from, she was 18 from a farm. I didn't have a clue what was going on. But, yeah, that's what happens. These days, <laughs> there is, yeah. wow. Yeah. Look, it still happens, I'm sure. Of course it does. Yeah. But and it's But it's always happened and it's... Mm. Some of it's not right. Mm. I don't think any of it's right, but, yeah. How's your relationship with that cousin now? Well, she's eight years older than me, so, so she's, in her, <laughs> she's in her 80s now. And, yes, I've seen her in the last decade. Is, is it awkward? No, no, it was just not referred to. Yeah. Usually there's other people around, so you can't. Yeah. And it was awkward when I saw her at family reunions. I can that. imagine, yeah. Because you're 11 years old, you really... It obviously didn't traumatise you, did it? Well, I've remembered it. Yeah, so it's probably got, probably got an impact. Of course you know, it had It started off being pretty yeah. 
Yeah. I don't want to use the word weird, and I don't want to demean it, but yeah. it, but it didn't start off being really nice, but it was mm. nice. So I thought at 11 that you just got a car, turned the key, drove it, and the girls came. Mm. That's, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Because there were all these bodgies and witties and all these big kids. What's a bodgie? Well, they had leather jackets and they had little studs on them. And okay. That was about it. Oh, and slick, greasy hair. And were you scared of them? No. And what about the widgies? What were well, they? they had, so I can remember really, really tight clothes uh, and and hair like Olivia Newton John's. <laughs> but she hadn't come along yet. Yeah, really tight. Yeah, look, not a lot different from today. All the girls were going to be hairdressers and all the boys were either going to work on the trains as a fireman mm. or, um, or be a mechanic. And the cars had to be polished. Yeah. You know, the cars had to have 14 layers of paint and yeah. chrome and yeah. it would be all shiny. Did you have aspirations at 11? I wanted a car and a girl. That was it? <laughs> I think so. Look, I was lost in reading. Yeah. I wanted to get out of Perth yeah. at 11. Yeah. I wanted to escape. I can recall it looking very artificial and false. Right. In a world Even of at that young age. Yeah. yeah. Because what people said and what they did were two different. So do you know where you wanted to go? No, I just wanted to get out of Perth. So I'll ask you the final question. What um, would 11-year-old Peter tell you? Go harder, go faster. Yeah, push it right out. It does work to go to the limits. It's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Peter, for joining us today and <laughs> describing a world that I've heard about, but it's quite incomprehensible. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed sharing your memories today, dark as some of them were. Thank you, Amanda. Yes. If this episode has raised issues for you and you need some support, you can contact Lifeline on 131114, Beyond Blue, 1300 22636, or the Blue Knot Foundation on 1300 657 380. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Being 11. If you liked what you've heard today, don't forget to like, subscribe, or visit our website at sofromedia.com to see what else we do. Until next time. This podcast includes music by Tristan Norton and Martin Kottmeyer.